some word association. If if I say Anna, you say well, quite probably Wintour. And that's a test of fame, that, that first name familiarity, instant association from a, a single word. Anna Wintour, uh, editor-in-chief at Vogue since 1988, uh, a length of tenure that's that's almost, almost unfashionable, uh, a very public position inhabited by a woman who has remained enigmatic in many ways. Author Amy Adele is a fashion and culture journalist, and she's been on a mission to, well, to get behind that enigma, to find out who the woman is behind the, the manicured bob, the ubiquitous sunglasses. She's the author of Anna, uh, a biography. It, it peels back the layers of fashion's most influential figure. It's, it's a New York Times bestseller. So, Amy, welcome and congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Can I start with the sunglasses? Do, do we know the make, the model? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because she wears in recent years maybe Chanel sunglasses, but she, <laughs> when she first started wearing the glasses, they uh, were often Ray-Bans. And, you know, the sunglasses are part of what has contributed to her enigmatic persona that she has maintained for... 34 years, which not many people have had the opportunity to see beneath. And mm. many people who have known Anna for a long time even still describe her as complicated and have a hard time understanding her. And in writing Anna, the biography, I had the opportunity to interview more than 250 people, many of whom are very close to Anna and have never spoken on the record before, and uh, have the opportunity to describe to readers who who this very powerful woman really is. That thing of withholding, that thing of, of maintaining mystery, is that calculated from her or is that just an accident of character? Some people think that she's calculated and some people think it's an accident. She's a woman with a lot of duality. She is someone who you could be out with her at a party. You could be laughing and having a sort of friendly encounter with her. And then the next morning at the office, see her and she'll be very icy to you. And it's as though that interaction from the night before it never, ever happened. I wonder why. I wonder what the thinking is. <laughs> I mean, did, did you in your work, you say you talked to 250 people and many of them very close. Did you come to an understanding, do you think? Have you have you got behind the sunglasses? Yes, I think I have <laughs> got behind the sunglasses, which are actually prescription. Anna has said in public that the glasses are to hide what she is thinking or feeling. And that may be partly true, but it, she really wears them because also, uh, so she, she can needs see. them to see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that's just kind of an example of how she she's just not really been very forthcoming. As many of us know, She's someone who has worked very, very hard to get where she is. She's very focused. She's very ambitious. She tries very hard to stay engaged with youth culture, with culture broadly. She can be cold and she can be icy at the office, but people also described her as someone who absolutely loves her family, adores her grandchildren, has changed their diapers, <laughs> loves her dogs. <laughs> Many people have seen a warm side to her that others haven't seen. And so many things about reporting this book surprised me. For instance, that she wants to be known for her philanthropy and not for anything that she's done as a magazine editor. She's steeped in, in, in the practice of media, of course. Her, her father was a, an editor himself. 
What was his impact on her, her early life? Charles Winter is Anna's father, and he was the editor-in-chief of the Evening Standard, which was a very influential newspaper in London. And he had that job. He worked at the paper from the end of World War II uh, through the 60s, uh, swinging the swinging 60s hmm. in London when Anna came of age, in which she credits with sparking her passion for fashion. He had a background as a political journalist, and he was known for covering hard news, but also taking culture just as seriously. And it was a very vibrant cultural moment in London, of course. And her parents had dinner parties quite often at their home, and they would invite politicians or uh, well-known journalists from the Evening Standard. And she was exposed from a young age to this intellectual glamorous milieu. He cut her off without a penny, though, didn't he, in his will? It is true that his her father did not leave her anything in his will. However, at that point, this would have been the late 90s, I she believe. She was doing okay. And Anna <laughs> was making surely a, a lot of money. And she also, as I report in the book, she had a number of privileges that really enabled her to succeed in media, including benefiting from a trust fund that her mother's father set up for his grandchildren. Anna received payments out of that trust from the time she was really starting her career. And she continued receiving those payments for many years. It Mm. wasn't, I want to be clear, it wasn't so much money that she would never have to work, but it was enough money that she could afford to make mistakes or take jobs that didn't pay that well. That's a great gift. Uh, You mentioned that 60s London, the the miniskirts and bobbed hair. I mean, it was suddenly a style that perhaps suited young Anna, who was a bit of a tomboy. Yes, as a child, uh, friends of hers from the time said she was a tomboy. She was not at all interested in her clothes. She would go to grade school with her uniform askew, with her knees <laughs> scraped up. And, and sunglasses, uh, of was, course. <laughs> no sunglasses. She was primarily interested in sports and physical activity. Hmm. And that was how she related to her classmates. But she's also someone who never liked school. She's a very smart woman. She's always read a lot. She reads a lot today but she never liked school. Maybe one of those kids for whom school was a bit slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, no way as much as I know about her now, I can, I can kind of understand, you know, if you're not someone who wants to spend more than 15 minutes in a work meeting, you might have a hard time sitting through hours and hours of lectures every day. Destined for journalism. And and she starts out at house and garden, which, which didn't go well. No. So, Anna had a number of jobs as a fashion editor before she became an editor-in-chief. Her first editor-in-chief job was in London running British Vogue. And then she came back to New York where she really, really wanted to be. And Conde Nast gave her house and garden to run. And this is one of the things that many people see as a failure on her resume because she changed the magazine so drastically. She introduced fashion. She had models uh, in the Bagatelle Gardens of Paris wearing dresses and highlighting fashion in a magazine in which people had never really appeared before. And I realize that that sounds kind of weird today, because if you think <laughs> of a interior magazine today, you expect to see personalities in those images. You expect to see celebrities in their homes and things like that. But this was not 
typical for the time at all. So she introduces this approach. She changes the name of the magazine to HG. Subscribers and readers get very upset. They start calling Condé Nast to cancel their subscriptions. Advertisers pull out. With HG sort of taking a nosedive, it is in this moment that she is tapped to become the editor-in-chief of American Vogue in the summer of 1988. She becomes such an extraordinarily influential and powerful person. I mean, she determines so much of the world's sense of style. What what a remarkable achievement in a career. Her success is unmatched in magazines, in fashion, but even beyond that, I would argue. If you think of business leaders generally, so Anna Wintour, as we've said, has been at Vogue as editor-in-chief for 34 years. Jeff Bezos left Amazon after 27 years. I think the average CEO tenure these days is, is five or less. So her longevity is really unusual. It is unmatched. And some people I spoke with feel like her cultural innovation in that time is on par with Steve Jobs. Amy, congrats on the book. Do you know how it's been received by its hero? <laughs> I don't know how Anna feels about the final product. I am just as curious as anybody else. I'm sure you are. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day that secret will be revealed. Uh, Amy O'Dell, (laughs) she's a a fashion and culture journalist. And the book in question is Anna, the biography. And you'll find that in shops and libraries. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.